East and West with Mario and Les, with your hosts Leslie Russo and Mario Kiki. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of East and West with Mario and Les. I am Les and this is my co-host. Mario Kiki, good morning, or hi, Leslie. Hello, <laughs> whatever time of day it is by you. I know, I, I never Hello. know what time people listen, so I don't want to say good morning. Greetings, it, greetings. Greetings, one and all. How are you? How is your week? I'm How's- good. Uh, I'm still recovering, I feel like, from BravoCon. From- oh my yeah. God, you know, my, my problem is I can't stop talking about it. and um, I know, I can't I- either. There should be like a BravoCon recovery group because I am sad that it's over. I'm happy. Yeah. All the feelings are feeling. It's a letdown. And then I get like random memories of shit that happened. And I'm like, oh my God. Me too. And I'm still jealous of other people that I see that saw people that I did not get to see. By the way, so, you yeah, have, there's that. By the way, we have probably met everybody, but we still don't care. Like yeah. I know that. I know I've met Andy many times, as have you, uh-huh. but I still yeah. want a picture with him every time I see him. Like, hello. Me too. I want some acknowledgement. <laughs> <laughs> you hear that, All Andrew? Yes, Andrew. Acknowledge us. Cohen. So uh, it's been a busy week in Housewives land. We have four episodes to recap for you guys today. These girls have us busy. The network said, you guys want housewives. Let's keep you busy. So, yes, yep. we are going to deep dive Potomac, Salt Lake City, Beverly Hills, and Miami. If the episode proves to be too long, we can probably discuss splitting it. But for now, that's why I didn't even want to look up headlines because I'm like, no, we don't have time. For it's too much. Today. Yeah. Yeah, it's too much. And I'd so, love to like, I'd love to do Married to Med for you guys too. But I just, there's so much going there's on so right now. so much going on. Yeah, that's just so, and I love Married to Medicine. So let's just negotiate. If one of these four cities ends up flopping and gets boring, then we'll just have to uh, purge and Yes, we'll address, segue into to Married to Med. Needed. Yeah, Married to Medicine is good. Do not sleep on Married to Medicine. No, but definitely someone, not. Someone who appears to be asleep lately is Robin from Potomac because she is just ignoring all the red flags that are coming her way in her new marriage. Let's get right into the Let's episode. Let's do it. Episode two of the season. Hold on. Since we didn't recap the premiere, what did you mm-hmm. feel of the premiere? I thought it was a solid episode. Um, I like NECA so far. I, I feel like there's been a shift with Potomac in terms of the group's energy and I think it's getting to be too divided and it's they're not getting to a resolution like they used to because I think they're just tired of faking it probably I'm I'm getting nervous that it's gonna be like a Jersey situation where they just refuse to even be around each other because it's not good like even in the premiere, when I saw Wendy and Mia start bickering, Giselle said nothing. And, you know, normally mm-hmm. Giselle's going to talk. And so, of course, when Giselle is on mute, that's when, you know, she's trying to not engage. And that's why these women know what they're doing. When they stay quiet, they don't want to give people airtime or, or camera time. Right. Anyway, so this episode's main event is Ashley's housewarming party at her new house. She meets her mom and they start preparing for the party. Ashley, that's when we are. She shares that NECA is the new friend who's invited 
uh, we learn that NECA kind of already knows Dr. Wendy. Mm-hmm. Um, we get an update that Ashley told her mom that Michael, her almost ex-husband, is not invited. And Ashley shares that despite how awkward it looked uh, going to the Bahamas with said Michael and their kids, nothing sexual happened between them. I do believe Ashley because I don't think anybody would like have sex with Michael at this point. No, I know. Um, I believe so- it too. <laughs> if he were hot, I might not believe it. I mean, yes, if there was something there to offer, or if you're a masochist, then yes, go ahead and sleep mm-hmm. with Michael. But as of now, I do believe that. Actually, his mom is messy, though, and she wants to know the details about this lawsuit that Candace brought upon Michael over the sex claim. Yeah. But Ashley does a great job of being like, that ain't got nothing to do with me. Um, Ashley does not invite Candace to her party. I don't like when they don't invite everybody, but I know it's real, but I just wish that they just we're forced right. to invite everybody i get it i, I guess mean, maybe when it's it at their sense. house yeah they yes. don't have it makes, to it makes sense i'm sure some gay producer behind the scenes was like please bring her please invite her but she was like nope <laughs> no way um, no way after last season's debacle mia meets up with karen if you don't remember mia had a rocky season with karen last year um karen says she's not as mad about the rumors the rumors <laughs> The rumors, the rumors, the yeah. nastiness. Every time that word comes up, I can't, I can't. I I can't either. People I think can't. I'm crazy. Oh my God. Well, don't <laughs> they know that we are crazy? Um. Anyway, Karen, Proud of it. That she is not mad at the rumors circulating because she says they've always been around. She's just a little more upset that Mia was involved in spreading them. And now Karen feels like Mia has had a come to Jesus moment i.e. she needs somebody to film with and so (laughs) mia realizes that her lying about the truth is what got her in the most trouble with karen or yes and then so then karen asks mia about her relationship with gordon mia claims she was just going through a lot last year and i love that mia says (laughs) i don't drink anymore but she still drinks wine i (laughs) so uh, that's just the type the logic that Mia carries. not aware it has the same amount of alcohol just because it comes from a grocery store doesn't make it non-alcoholic yeah she said it's at a grocery store so it's nutritious but so is beer <laughs> and so are tequila some I mean, liquor or some grocery stores sell liquor too not mine liquor. but some That's- do yeah oh here in here in where i'm at everywhere you go like i mean we pass out liquor at homeless stores. I mean, not homeless <laughs> oh not homeless the homeless have access to liquor that's what i home meant. depot anyway, you mean yeah home depot sure <laughs> darlings Lowe's. Uh, Lowe's. everywhere <laughs> has liquor i mean you'd think that we're taking communion at every corner because it's just <laughs> liquor is available but anyway karen feels like they she mia says she doesn't want to drink because she doesn't want to have outbursts like she did in Miami. If you don't remember, she threw a drink at Dr. Wendy. Yes. Uh, Carrie just wants the group to have conversations to help work out their issues. And so uh, Karen feels that Mia is only deserving of handshakes. I think that's so <laughs> the handshake thing was so funny and stupid. I loved it. I, I know. It's so passive aggressive. Yeah. Because, so, you know, everybody greets. What did, by the way, when did everybody start greeting each other with hugs? I don't know. I, it took me a while to get used to it, I must yeah. say, because I, there at first I thought it was cute, but then it was awkward. And mm-hmm. then some of my friends don't do it, which I appreciate. Some of my yeah. friends love doing it. 
some of my other friends, Jojo, adds a kiss on the cheek, like wearing Guadalajara. I'm just like, oh my God. <laughs> like, let's just fist bump. I'm good with like, I that know. Fist. Like bumping fist. Let's just bump fist and call it a day. No, I'm all in kiss and hug land here. So. Oh, yeah. You have, <laughs> you have a lot of Latinos where you are. Yeah. So you know, damn well. Well, in Guadalajara, we have to do the air kiss. <laughs> like, you know, Beverly Hills right. season one. Oh, my God. Yes. Everybody gets a kiss on the cheek. Everybody gets a hug. And a I'm hug. Like, right. And especially post COVID land, get away from me. I know. Please don't, touch me. please don't touch me. Please don't touch me. Please don't kiss <laughs> me on the cheek. Please. Now, Unless you're hot. No, so <laughs> if you're a man, I'm going to kiss you on the cheek. But no, men, we don't kiss on the cheek, but just women. It's unfair. <laughs> if I was able to do that to all men, you know I'd be greeting every I know, that's home. true. That is true. You guys don't, though. I'd be like, hello, senor. Let me I had a man you. recently that I met go to shake my hand. Like, I had just met them, and they were the parents of somebody. And the, the wife, the mom, like, kissed me hello to meet me, and the man put his hand out thought oh. it was odd he's like mm, you get a <laughs> here you go okay so, all right moving on thank you for enjoying <laughs> our discourse um Always. Candace then gets we get a catch-up scene with Candace mm-hmm. it's a visit from her manager and they're planning right. her next tour um Candace hoping is hoping to get on a new label to help move her career forward her manager then suggests to get Drew from Real Hostiles of Atlanta to come back out. Candace reacts like, I don't need Drew. I sold out the show by myself. Yeah, she was um, not happy was, there. It was a very shadily edited scene because in real time, Candace tweeted that she had no shade for Drew and a lot of that conversation wasn't shown. Yeah, so, I believe it. I believe it too. It was just, it was funny. Um, to sum up Juan's feelings... Okay, we're now we're at the Juan and Robin scene. My mm-hmm. entire energy just shifted. Um, <laughs> See, we're still recovering. I literally no, I'm talking about Juan and Robin. Like my oh, energy oh, okay. shifted. I oh, feel yes. ex- I feel exhausted. I'm gonna just quote Juan and Robin right now. I don't care, and that's the problem because Robin was updating Juan on what Giselle, Ashley, and Charisse confronted her about in the premiere. Mm-hmm. And- Juan and Robin are just an I don't care land. To me, that's the problem. Like, I think that to constantly pretend you're indifferent to something like this on yeah. the show, it's it's frustrating as a viewer because we're not moving the story, story forward to any resolution. But it also makes her look silly because so it's unbelievable silly. that she doesn't care what the group thinks about her marriage. Like, it just really... I don't believe you don't care that even Giselle, her like best friend. I know. You don't, you don't care that she is concerned for you. Like, I don't believe that. How do you not care? Exactly. That's why I get frustrated uh, just personally. Like I just, I couldn't sleep last night thinking about it. No, but. Um, <laughs> I'm not a fan of Juan. I got to say. It bugs I hate, me. I, you know, I've never, I used, I mean, I, I'm human. So yes, he's mm-hmm. hot, but. Other than the superficial lust I felt for him at one point, now I'm just over him because it's like, how do you not care? Like, even if you're saying I don't care because you're filming, right? you know how it's going to look. You know you look foolish. Right. Um, and it and makes her look bad. Worse. Like, it, and now that he's been fired from his job over that sexual assault lawsuit uh-huh. that we did not discuss last. No, we did not. We were it's very careful. Alleged. Yeah, we were like, uh-uh, I am not going to talk about that one. No. Um, he seems even more removed from that relationship. Like, I think they're like best friends at this point. Um, 
I know. So, I, I wonder about that. I wonder if it's genuine, like the marriage part. Oh, good Lord. I need a marriage certificate. Um, <laughs> then we get- I'll look that up today. Please do. We need <laughs> we need the records. The records. NECA has arrived in Potomac. NECA tours her new house and views the progress. We learned that NECA's husband is a medical doctor by day and owns nightclubs by night. And they plan to have kids. Wendy is also looking for a studio space. NECA's house, sorry, before I move on. Mm-hmm. NECA's house looks cute. I say that as I speak from my little cottage, but it was very like dated, like stuck in the 90s. There's yeah. a lot of Potomac. Every time we see a Potomac house as big as that one, it's very 90s aesthetic, like old. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm even the to- outside. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Could- I know she's remodeling the inside, but the outside just gave like 90s brick house. Needs a zhuzh, like like beyond. They have to do something to that uh, facade. Yeah. For some reason, Wendy wants a talk show. Um, Another venture from Wendy. It feels very Gorga-ish. Every season, there's something she's doing. Oh my God, you're right. It feels very like, this is my storyline for the season because this Mm -hmm. is what I'm doing Oh my God, I was, I'm not interested in her talk show. So I'm just going to talk, talk about what happened when I met Wendy at BravoCon. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, you know, I, I, I go up to her and she reacts like I'm an old friend. And I just went with it because I thought, oh, she's being nice. She goes, oh my God, hi, it's so good to see you. And I said, uh-huh. hi, very, I was like, oh, hi, nice to see you too, doctor. I always say Dr. Wendy to her, you know, because right. respect on her name. Of course. Um, so I was like, oh, nice to see you too, blah, blah, blah. We take our pictures. She tells me where to pose. Very, uh, very considerate of all our angles. Once we're done, she goes, thank you so much. I love that you always tag me in everything. I appreciate your support. I have never tagged this woman. <laughs> I, I have not seen you tag her. So that was surprising to me when you just said that. And so I'm standing there and I just nod and smile. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you're welcome. I love you mm-hmm. so much. I think she thought I was Chadwick. <laughs> I'm going to go audit Chad's uh, Twitter because everybody. Oh, happened, maybe. It happened in 2022 where somebody thought I was um, Chadwick. If you don't follow Chadwick on Twitter, he's great. Um, I don't even think we look alike. but No. But I do think he's cute. So I think people call me cute. But anyway, but then this year, yes. again, somebody said, aren't, are you Chadwick from Twitter? And I just said, no, like, I didn't even say like, and then by the way, Chadwick has a lot of hair on his head. I ain't got no hair up there. So, <laughs> so I anyway, don't know. Was, it's just so awkward that Wendy was like, it's so great to see you. Oh, you're so welcome, Dr. Wendy. Anytime. Anytime. You just got to go with it. These women do not remember us and it's okay. But anyway, um, then we go to the Pilates session. Wendy says now, or Karen says now that she's approaching her triple 20. I like that. I can't. I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to steal that. My triple 20. I'm going to use that in nine years. Well, I'm going to get to my triple, my double 20 in three years. So, okay. Okay. There you go. My double 20. Uh, she said she, about it. She's saying she's being more vigilant about her health and becoming more aware of her body. They work out. Um, they gossip about Karen and Mia talking and sticking to facts only. Giselle then takes the floor and asks Karen if she will apologize to Robin about the rumors that she spread. Rumors. But Karen <laughs> believes that Robin actually owes her an apology, but she also says that she probably owes Robin an apology. 
Um, Karen does admit that she may need Giselle's help to facilitate this conversation with Robin. Mm -hmm. Ashley ignores questions about Michael and Candace's lawsuit and tells the ladies that Candace will not be invited to the housewarming, but her new friend NECA will be there. Um, I thought it was cute seeing them. I love the scenes when we get the four OGs because Potomac is in season eight and it's the longest running OGs where Mm -hmm. four of them consistently no demotion across the board i mean it can be argued that some of them may have deserved a demotion robin but other than that it's great to see the four ogs so i i hope the four ogs get to a better place anyway for sure ashley's housewarming party starts off giselle arrives they start discussing how important it is to get along with your ex for your kid's sake can't relate um (laughs) mia enters and calls ashley's place cute and then Sharice walks in and we learn that or we see that Sharice and Karen are twinning. They completely had the same <laughs> outfit. You know it. I mean, they hate each other, so it was totally unfair. Right. It was perfect. Karen's eye was twitching. I peed a little <laughs> bit. It was just hilarious. I, oh my God. I was mortified for Karen because I know how Karen feels about her. Yes. Um, Wendy then enters right in when Ashley Ashley's giving the tour. Wendy skips greeting Mia and Giselle. And in the words of Wendy, she says, I have greeted those who I want to greet. <laughs> and then Wendy sees uh, Sesame Street Deborah in I, I gasped. When she walked in, I was like, wow, she is brave to come back to this. To come land. back. Yeah. Because the social media was not nice to her. No. And I'm like, you are brave, honey. Because I, I don't even like when strangers tweet me, let alone... Well, she's a proven old... liar too. Exactly. I don't like that. Oh yeah. She re- uh, Wendy does refer to her as a liar. Robin rolls up to prove she's not hiding from the group. She wishes that they would just tell her to her face. Girl, they ain't telling you to your face because all you're gonna say is I don't care. So right. what is the problem? There's no point. Uh then we get NECA. She's the last guest to arrive. She's introduced to the group. Wendy does explain that she has seen NECA in passing. Uh, Wendy then sneaks off with Ashley. Wendy tells Ashley that it's a little weird that Deborah's there because Deborah insinuated that Happy Eddie, Wendy's husband, was flirtatious. And so Wendy just wants to be sure that Ashley was on her side and won't mm-hmm. stab her in the back. Ashley clarifies that, yes, she is trustworthy and thinks that Wendy's just guarded. So Ashley, to gain Wendy's trust, would just does what any normal person does and stirs the pot. I mean, and be messy, us, right? <laughs> who among us has not decided to ruin somebody's day by giving them gossip? <laughs> um, Ashley tells Wendy that NECA questioned what type of doctor Wendy is. Wendy makes it clear that despite the rumors, of- <laughs> rumors, the rumors. Okay, that <laughs> despite the rumors out there, she is not Osu, an outcast in Nigerian culture. Honestly, Ashley was just ratting NECA out for talking shit about Wendy, and mm-hmm. Ashley blamed this on tequila, but girl, we've seen Ashley since season one. We know this oh, is Ashley's go-to. NECA is uh, questioning Wendy in any regard, just leaves a bad taste in Wendy's mouth. Wendy explains that she expected more from a fellow Nigerian, and so that is definitely setting up the feud. Yeah. That You know, Wendy and NECA yeah, we'll probably get into it because of Ashley's 100%. mess. 
So, but Ashley exaggerated that as well because in oh, the flashbacks sure. and when they were talking, it wasn't that bad. For Ashley sure. is the one who told her, like, I don't know. I she completely exaggerated. So we'll see what happens. Ashley completely misrepresented, but it is episode two, so we are getting started. I did miss Candace's episode. I am biased. I love Candace. Me and too. So there wasn't enough Candace in this episode for me. No. To me. But I know that we will get um Potomac. And I just uh, I because we have the holidays next week. Mm-hmm. I know I'm getting ahead of pro- I'm getting ahead of programming here. <laughs> they aren't taking any time off, so they are still airing all new episodes all of next week. I thought, oh, we'll have the week off. <laughs> we don't, though. Yeah. Well, we sure I'll be around work. to record. So yeah, yeah, we'll 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 make it work. Yes. But anyway, that's for Potomac. sure. Uh, that was episode two of Potomac. Season eight is in full effect. Uh, let's jump right into Salt Lake City. Let's do it. Uh, so. We start with Heather and she's planning another book event, but she decided she wants this one to be more casual, but she will serve drinks and some food. And then we have Whitney having Lisa come over to let Lisa defend her behavior at the PRISM event. And Whitney first lets Lisa know that she has been so tired over the last few days since she has been putting on so many events because Justin has a full-time job. I mean, wasn't she just complaining that he didn't have a full-time job? So... I mean, to I mean, me, it's like Whitney acts like she's the only woman that works in America. I know. I'm like, Girl, welcome to life. Like It's I mean, insane. So Heather calls while Whitney and Lisa are together. And Lisa lets Heather know that she is with her best friend. And Heather wants Lisa to introduce her at her book event. And Lisa can even sing. So Whitney wants to know what the fuck happened between Lisa and Monica at her PRISM event. And Whitney says she does not care who started it, but she thinks they're grown women who should know how to exercise self-control. Okay, so I think she's on the wrong show. I'm thinking, girl, you know. Really? I mean, come on. Especially Barlow. Barlow gets loud. So, and Monica's clearly. I think they forget that Barlow's from New York. And you know New York, you know these New Yorkers. One thing they're going to do is not not be quiet. No, definitely not. So Whitney is more upset with Lisa since Lisa knows more about her brand and her journey. And Lisa does not like being schooled by someone who talks like they are a child. And she snarks that Whitney needs to quit being cheap with cash bars and having no food. Okay, the cash bar is offensive. When you are invited to somebody's event and expected to spend money on their jewelry or whatever it is she was selling. When I, when Lisa said that, I was so, for like two seconds, I just, just on Lisa's side completely. I'm like, oh my God, I would have ruined the event too. Like, you're going to invite me here and there's not even finger foods to snatch. Like, come on. That's insane. And Mm. if you can't do the full bar, then at least have like wine and beer or something. Something They're coming to spend money at your event. Something. Give them food and alcohol. Yeah. Something, anything. So Lisa questions Angie's friendship with Monica and Whitney believes that Angie just keeps Lisa calm and that their friendship triggers Lisa. Whitney thinks that Lisa can't take criticism if you disagree with her perspective. Whitney tells Lisa to watch her swearing at home since Whitney's son Brooks is listening. Whitney acts like this is a house of no swearing. I mean, she was just swearing. Like right in the beginning of that conversation. With the F word, not the F word. She keeps repeating to Lisa like she is a child. Do you understand? Do you understand? And Lisa is annoyed but must respond repeatedly. It is understood. Like, really, you're going to have 
somebody come to your house to have a discussion with them like that and you're not going to expect there's going to be some some kind of yelling or raised voices by the way why is your kid even listening like get Mm -hmm. your ass away from here like your ass back in your room i mind your own business listen like i try not to curse in front of kids but i was i mean listen it's lisa barlow being irrational yes and but Whitney started the conversation with what the fuck? Like, that's what I don't get. And I know. Like, oh, now you want it. Your energy's matched and now you want it. See, oh, anyway. These Her girls. kids aren't too. It's not like they're going to hear it and repeat it and run around saying fuck, fuck, fuck. Like, fuck, 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 fuck. Sorry, fam. I know fam <laughs> listens with her kid. And, um, oh, sorry. You can just, just fast forward this fam because fuck, <laughs> fuck, buddy. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Well, wait, my, I have to, now I have to tell a really funny story. So when Max, my oldest was like two and I used to put on Tom and Jerry for him because he liked it, the old cartoons. And he Mm. would see Tom go after Jerry. And one day he's watching and he goes, fuck, fuck Jerry. (laughs) And I just laughed. I couldn't help it. I didn't even correct him because it was so funny. And you're like, those were Max's first words. I know. Oh my God, I'm kidding. (laughs) Okay. Back to regularly scheduled programming. So Mary has Heather come over and I cannot believe how that this is how she is spending her congregation's hard earned money. Mary thinks that she and Heather have a religious connection. And it feels to me like Mary has concluded since she has no one else to film with, she can have a relationship with Heather now that Jen is out of the picture. So Mary is unhappy with being being depicted as poised in Heather's book. I Why? First of all, I need the producer that convinced Mary to film with Heather to get a raise, a promotion, <laughs> a one-on-one with Andy, because there is no way in hell that woman wanted to film with anybody. And so no. to randomly slice this episode, <laughs> I want to know when that scene was filmed. I feel like I that scene was filmed earlier in the season, and they just uh-huh. Because Mary's barely addressing <laughs> Heather's book with her. You know what I mean? It right, feels right. filler-ish. It feels randomly placed. Yes. Mary's furniture was screaming Dr. Seuss and it was and Heather was like loving every second of the green carpet oh what can you imagine oh that carpet is like a casino it is like a casino but it's terrible but really really ugly okay so anyway Heather wants to know if Mary still thinks she looks inbred and Mary says yes I do I, I died. Then, sorry, I just I just choked on my own laughter. But <laughs> Mary is confused if that would be offensive to somebody. Like, girl, you know that's not a that's not a compliment. Of course, like, she knows that. I know. Oh I know. It's funny how she gives herself a pass for everything she says. Um, so meanwhile, we have Meredith, and she's trying to work on setting up her podcast with Seth. And she really must get him to quit talking. And she talks about having a post-nup with him because they were having marital troubles. And she didn't want to have a custody battle while living in Utah. And Seth thought his responsibility was to make the money, but not to be there as an emotional support for Meredith. He apologizes to her and gets emotional. But these two idiots didn't press record on their podcast. Like, I have that fear every time we're doing this podcast that something will happen to the recording and then no, we'll have I, to do it over and i'm like i, I, I can't i was so proud of us because i'm like oh my god that's never happened to us yet so knock wood I'm yeah i'm like so knocking glad. on my head right now i'm like meredith please hire leslie to do your editing and <laughs> i'll production. come and do your production 
because we love it. Yes. So anyway, then we have uh, Monica's house. Her mom, Linda, comes over and Monica doesn't want to let her mom in, acting like she doesn't know she's coming over. Her mom comes over all mic'd up. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Sorry. I have to break that fourth wall, but it's like, and she tells her kids to lock the door because Grandma Bundy came a calling. And Linda claims that she is bearing gifts by returning the car that she repossessed. And she wants to start therapy with Monica, and Monica needs time to consider that one. Linda apologizes for taking Monica's car and will not try to be spiteful. And Monica wants Linda to leave the car in the driveway and return to her house by walking home. And Linda walks home. Side note, these two have still not resolved their issues since the Easter brunch since in real time, Linda is live tweeting anti-Monica views. Yeah, I saw that. That is so, that entire scene was so very cringy. Dark. So cringy. The mom in pigtails just set me over the edge. I And the whole Burberry like outfit really was that's, offensive. It looked like drapes. The scotch tape outfit, <laughs> the returning the car, Monica took joy in making her mother walk home. Like I, they, they are so dark. It's so toxic. Like I. It's really bad. Yeah. It's awful. It's really heartbreaking, but I can't stop watching. (laughs) No, I know me either. So then we have Heather having her book signing event, and she shares that she sells out her venues for her book. Lisa arrives, and she likes the vibe of the event, and Angie is pouting since Lisa has not called her since she and Lisa talk 100 times daily. Monica arrives and shadily wants a drink without Vita tequila. And Monica informs Meredith that she and Lisa had a nasty feud at Whitney's event. And Monica does not seem to own that she was an active participant in this feud. I yeah, mean, Monica retold it like she was attacked or something like her. I know. Right? Yeah, she told it definitely in her favor there. Um, so Lisa will be singing for the group her hit single, Away in the Manger, while Monica and Angie snicker. Lisa has convinced herself that she can sing in front of others and tries to ignore the haters. Lisa, Lisa decides to quit while she is not quite ahead, but sort of, and Heather comes out in her choir robe, joined by a legit choir. Heather has Lisa deliver a Mormon rap, and even Meredith gives her props for trying, but she does not see a future in hip-hop for Baby Gorgeous, and neither do I. Hi, Baby Gorgeous. That scene was so... <laughs> uh, you know what, Lisa? I do give her props, because that was... It's like, that, you know, Yeah, it's, I would it, never sure, do that. I'm sure her kids are mortified, but you know what? A mother is supposed to embarrass their child, so Lisa is, del- Lisa is delivering, so... <laughs> Definitely. Away in the manger. Get away from me with this. Thank you. Away in the manger. <laughs> no cripple his bed. Oh, you, can, you got right. it. You I'm got going it. a little nuts here. Anyhow, Heather talks about her journey in Mormonism and says that she did not set out to be a bad Mormon, but living her life has altered her views. Heather describes how she encountered a young man who was just like her back in the day, and she told him it would be a safe space if he ever needed it, or she would be a safe space if he ever needed it. Monica recalls her mom and the influence of the mercenaries who came into her home. Lisa and Heather talk about Jack's journey, and she wants her personal experience to be validated. Heather finally does not equate Jack's experience to what she went through. Angie confronts Meredith about threatening to expose her family and Meredith backpedals and says now she could hurt her family with the information that she has if she chose to, but she hasn't. 
She dips out again, and hopefully this silly fight is finally put to rest. Heather and her daughters discuss the emotional journey that they went through putting this book out, and Heather appreciates her girls for supporting her while dealing with bullying at school. Heather will write another book to elaborate on her journey, and her girls support their mom's endeavor. Now, are her girls, like, are they Mormon? Or, I I mean, I know they have a relationship with the dad, so I don't know how that works. I don't think they're... I think Heather has implied or said maybe at some point, I don't remember correctly, but mm-hmm. she has specified that she's letting them do their own thing. Like if they want to, okay. you know, but they don't seem to be practicing Mormon. Yeah. Religion. Um, no, it doesn't seem that way, but who knows? I'm, my wondering is why Heather's doing a second book, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, just, what like, what else is there to say, girl? It's like, not been enough time because to me, it's like, you you know she vents about being ostracized by the community mm-hmm. and she complains about but that's the power of the old mighty dollar apparently mm-hmm. because now she's like all right well i'm getting paid to get hated on so let's do this again right but, i guess so i just can't i can't understand what more information she has for us at this time exactly <laughs> So Lisa has Angie over and wants to find out where their friendship stands. She lets Angie know that she has been troubled after attending the last few events since Monica keeps poking at Lisa. Angie assures Lisa that she is not taking up for Monica, but they did discuss the affair. Umas. Lisa was not aware that they had worked it out. And then Sorry, she keeps and then she keeps rolling out her new catchphrase. The ocular does not match the words. She said that like six times. I I could not. I could. Is it going to be on a mug soon? Like you always have to wonder when they start going hard on a on a phrase. I really want to be on a t-shirt. I'm like Barlow. Can you define ocular for me, please? Angie takes full responsibility, meanwhile, and will try to stop being so wishy-washy. And she reminds Lisa that she seems to be triggered by her relationships with the other ladies. They both agree to move on and be more transparent with each other. Lisa assures Angie that she can have friendships outside their relationship, allegedly. Mm. I mean, I don't know. She seems to be very bothered. Very, very much so. I think that it's set, you know, excuse me, as it stands, everybody, I'm going to move forward to real time here. As it stands, mm-hmm. everybody, the majority of the group seems good with uh, Monica right now. Right now. And sure. so that, that's why these headlines that came out about Monica suing Heather and them suing each other. Yeah. It makes it, I, I'm fascinated by the gossip but i'm also bummed that it spoiled the season because now we know that bermuda phone call what it's about right i know heather go heather saying oh my god it's her how could she do it like now we know mm-hmm. she's talking about monica right i have been loving monica so much this season that i'm still waiting to um to watch it play out before i just completely write her off because i don't want her to be a one-hit wonder um but it's i don't either be- but i don't like the I don't, I don't like the like allegations. She's using fake names allegedly to I get I free like services. That's I really sleazy. don't. Like, it's sleazy. It's dirty. It's cheap. It's Jen Shaw esque, and yeah. I don't like it. So that's why I want to see what plays out. What Monica's defense is, and I yeah. don't know. It's it's crazy until she gets like arrested or something. 
Right, exactly. <laughs> right now, it's, it's their word against each other's. And I, a part of me does feel that they just don't like Monica because she's been so uh, fascinating. Well, to me anyway. And I yeah. feel like she's been shaking the table a little bit and getting them to react. And so I think they're just trying to find a way to just ice her out because she's probably kind of, kind of taking over the territory here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, so, she definitely is. These girls don't mm. like to share this the show and the spotlight. They absolutely apparently. don't. All right, mm. let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and we will break down Beverly Hills and Miami for you guys. Hello. Be right back. Hey everybody, welcome back. It is time to discuss the real housewives of Beverly Hills. Mario. Take it away, my friend. Name them. Name them. <laughs> Name them. That's all Name I'm going to say this entire week. Name them. Name them. Name them. Name them. <laughs> Name them. Oh, good Lord. The episode starts with the gal still in Vegas. Dorit checks in with PK to show off their map. PK. Dorit updates Bubblish. Oh, my God. I can't wait, wait I call. I know, but like. Okay, so oh I know why she does this because Admitted. you say like when you're Jewish, like you'll say like bub, bubba, bubba. Uh, okay. So I always like I I call my kids that too, bubblish, and it's bubble-ish. also like bubblicious gum. So it's like yeah, bubblish. Okay, bubblish. Go for it. Bubblish, bubblish. <laughs> um, Dory updates bubblish about Magic Mike live, and she just tells him about Sutton's tantrum. Dorit says Sutton overreacted and that her tantrum mortified Dorit. Oh, poor Dorit. I hope she's doing okay. <laughs> uh, we get a filler scene of PK and Mauricio who had dinner apparently the night before. They were bonding over their marital issues. In the same uh, time, Kyle calls Mauricio to discuss his dinner with PK. Now, Kyle can tell that Mauricio was withholding the gossip. So she says, give me the girl version. I, I mean, tell me what, yeah. Tell me what y'all really talked about. What is it with straight men giving you the cliff notes all the time? Like, I hate that. I'll ask Darren like details and he's like, oh, I didn't ask that. I'm like, what? You know oh. better. You need to ask all the details. Oh, my God. My mom always scolds my dad for the same thing. She'd be like, <laughs> you need to ask 21 questions. And my dad's right. like, I what do you mean don't... you don't know that? My mom will be following up like she's fucking a Barbara Walters specialist. So <laughs> yes. Um, but it was interesting because <laughs> Kyle wanted more details but once Mauricio said well PK told me about the marriage issues he's having with Dorit Kyle immediately just says oh did Portia get to school on time she changed that subject so fast she was I know he was like oh shit like I don't want to talk it was very clear that she did not want to talk about this on camera so and why was Mo not on the FaceTime I don't know man he probably was like uh I'm not camera ready right now maybe I'll talk, my, I'll, I'll talk to my love bean. <laughs> Crystal and Erica in her best crystal ball or disco ball ensemble go to lunch. Uh, Crystal says she feels like everyone is having a good time. And they both just agree that they did not see San- Sutton's tantrum coming. Crystal deduces that Sutton would have had more fun if she was picked to go on stage first. Um, <sighs> Erica claims she won't be disturbed by anyone at this point in her life. Meanwhile, Garcelle and Sutton decide to take a romantic ride on the gondola. <laughs> um, listen, if you're the only single gals in the group, you're going to make it work and get your uh, romance on in some ha- way, shape, or form, <laughs> honey. 
I did a lot of single dating myself in Vegas when we recently were there for BravoCon. I went and got a table for two and sat there alone and cried. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. That's some Sutton. Um, Anyway, they're on the gondola. Garcelle tells Sutton that she feels unsettled, but a little relieved over venting about her trust issues with the women, although it was not what she hoped. Now, the man rowing the gondola is just as bored as we are because he starts singing over their conversation. Anytime Garcelle opens her mouth, he just sings louder. Garcelle just surrenders and stops discussing her feelings. I was like, oh, my God. It was so awkward and funny, but I honestly. It was so funny. funny. Yeah. And it made me glad that I've never wasted my time going on that gondola ride because I've always been like, oh, let's go. And then we just never go. And I'm glad. I'm glad. No offense to the guy. I no, just, he was, it looked boring. <laughs> yeah, I wanted his, I wanted his gondola right away, but ultimately it's just <laughs> not for me. Um, it's very clearly not for everybody. All right, now clearly these women were told that they needed to film three one-on-ones because Kyle and Dorit meet for their one-on-one. And Kyle and Dorit said they went to bed so late. They're just so fun and spunky and random. And oh, Dorit said she appreciates Garcelle's honesty, but the honesty still hurts her feelings. Um, Dorit then wonders if Kyle has stopped drinking. It's just her way of trying to protect herself based on where her life is now. Kyle says, I feel like I need to be really clear right now. Interesting. Um, I, I didn't know if she meant that uh, in regards to her sobriety or she just meant that in terms of her ca- being on camera. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a sensitive subject for Kyle. If you don't remember, her sister battled alcoholism. So right. it's 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 a very touchy subject. Now, Sutton shady ass in her confessional, which I appreciate some good shade, but she says in her confessional, Kyle is no longer drinking. Sutton, Kyle is working out all the time. Who even works out nowadays? Sutton wonders. Not me. And I'm like, <laughs> uh, some of us have to listen. I work really hard to look this out of shape. Okay. So I was. <laughs> so do I. Exactly. Shut up. You. Uh, <laughs> I'm like, bitch, button, shut your mouth. Anyway, I'm just kidding. I, I, Sutton could like, use a workout on those little toothpicks. <laughs> not just say that. That is not what we do here. No, I kidding. did. Listen. Exactly uh, what we do here. But listen, Sutton <laughs> said that her best features are her legs. What are you talking about? Like, that's that's what she said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, Sutton <laughs> said that she wonders if Kyle's going through a midlife crisis. Garcelle just assumed that that Kyle was going to take a break from drinking. Um, Dorit says she wants Kyle to drink because Kyle has fun or they have more mm-hmm. fun when they're get drunk and Kyle says she this is who she is now take it or leave it I'm loving this uh, recalibrated Kyle like she's just doing whatever she wants to do and fuck these bitches and it just um, well hurts. yeah I do miss drunk Kyle because she was pretty funny um, Everybody, but yeah. I'm happy for her that she feels healthy and good because Drinking's a chore sometimes. No, the hang the hangovers are worse, exactly. So horrible. Hangxiety. We get a cute little update from Erica. She says she does miss her old life to Crystal. Erica says towards the end, her and Tom always fought. We get that regurgitated flashback of Tom interrupting it. Ugh. I mean, they that's the only Excuse me, Erica. (laughs) I'm talking. That's the only scene they have of him being mean to her. And so they're gonna use it until the fucking paint dries, but Erica says her life will forever be changed, but she thinks she can start having fun now. Meanwhile, Dorit says this is not a good year for her marriage, and she knows Kyle has not had a good year either. 
Kyle then opens up and she said she expected more from Mauricio after what she went through. Right. Mauricio now, is. Lest we forget, her best friend killed herself also, her best friend from childhood, like yeah, last they... year. So she was going through that as well as I stuff think with her pe- sister. I think people just assume Kyle is grieving like her fallout with Kathy, but her best friend committed suicide. And right. so I think. I, I don't think she wanted to repeat that on camera, but that's a context that, you know, the fans don't consider a lot of the time. They right. think it's all about the show. They think it's all it's about not. Kathy. It's not. And Kyle opened up uh, and she reminded the audience at BravoCon. She's like, everything was happening at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot for her. Right. Um, and so in that regard, Kyle said she expected more from Mauricio. She said Mauricio is still drinking, which has impacted her desire to go with him and drink because she doesn't want to drink. She said she'd rather be at home reading. Um, Dorit then asked Kyle if she ever worries about their future. Kyle gets visibly upset. She admits she's not happy. She says she's working on herself and Mauricio is just focused on work. Mm-hmm. And she says that she feels her and Mauricio are growing in different directions. She does not want to wake up in a few years and wonder who this man is. You know, she looked visibly upset. I can't believe people. Yes. Fake. I don't understand. It's not fake. It To me, it felt so real to see her get that vulnerable and emotional. Uh-huh. And it. it she just it looks made- over it. It made me sad. Like it I, made me it just, so sad. I know. It made me sad. And listen, I've seen Kyle Richards act. She is not that good of an actress. So <laughs> no, even if uh-uh. she was acting, this is not to me. It she's felt not. raw and real. And she's. I think. I think you know. She says that she at BravoCon. She said some of the women come at her with no empathy to ask her questions. Mm-hmm. And so I think Dorit's asking correctly. I whereas think so. in the trailer we see that Sutton ask in a very like very incorrectly right very accusatory way so I she broke down at BravoCon too yeah it was oh it was so it's terrible. sad I, it's sad it, it's sad and yes I just because I like Kyle it, it listen even if I hate a housewife I don't want them to like suffer you of know course what I mean not. so yeah I love them like, all there are just some we love to hate I don't really I hate like, any of them to be honest I don't hate any of them. Uh, no, I do. Anyway, um, Garcelle addresses <laughs> Oliver's kiss with uh, Rachel. Garcelle said her son got backlash over the kiss because apparently the audience did not realize that Oliver was allegedly separated when he made out with Raquel. Mm-hmm. That was a cute little bow tie to that conversation. Because yes, can you believe Scandaval is going to be a year ago already? I know. Time flies. When Coming back to- soon too. Exactly. January, I think. Oh, my God. I hope one of these cities is done if we're going to recap that. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> the girls are now getting ready for another evening in Vegas, and they're getting to go to some honky-tonk bar. Gillies. That's where they were going. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Kyle shows off her $6,000 hat, and 13 seasons in, these girls still know how to make me feel poor. I love mm-hmm. it. Um, they go to dinner. Kyle orders another non-alcoholic drink, and that's when Garcelle's like, how long is this going to go on? <laughs> Kyle says that being sober does not mean she's not fun. Garcelle starts to clearly produce a producer-inspired game. and More cards. Asking, yeah, group questions. At this point, it's like, okay, now we're doing corporate icebreakers. I know. I know. What's going on? Y'all can't find out what to talk about without being prodded. Anyway. No. Garcelle wonders if monogamy is natural for humans. Um, <laughs> Erica segues into lion talk for some reason. Um. 
she says that lions are attracted to older li- or younger. Li- I don't know what she said, but <laughs> Dorit shades Erica saying Erica married the oldest lion in the pack. So right, and she was Which, like, "Oh, women are attracted to the younger lions because they're like, up and coming." So I would have been like, so you married the younger lion? I mean, yeah. What was older than Tom when you married Tom? Because uh, (laughs) some carcass somewhere. Um, Kyle Kyle then says it's difficult for some people to be monogamous, which felt very ominous and shady. Um, Garcelle asked all the married women if being cheated on one time is enough to let it go. Kyle says, I don't know. And Kyle says she has dealt with so many rumors over the years. We get an iconic season four flashback uh, with LVP and Brandy when they Mm -hmm. conspired, when they conspired against Kyle. And that's my tabloids. Yes. You know, damn well, LVP and Brandy were in on it together. Um, Garcelle says she was married to the man of her dreams and thought it was her last stop. Then Garcelle find out her man was cheating on her for five years. And that's what she blasted her man via email. Uh, Dorit says she will chop off PK's dick if he ever cheated on her. Um, I think he'll piss penis will be fine. I, don't I think I don't think people are lining up there. Yeah, I don't think they're. Doubt I, it. I mean, I doubt she has anything to worry about. But again, men are shit. So who knows? Um, excuse me. <laughs> like, take that as a take that as fact, because we all know. And then uh, Erica says she went from having a lot of coins to having nothing, and there's no shame in her game, but it does make her nervous. Erica says looking at her bills gives her anxiety. That's the only time I've related to Erica. Yeah, for sure. Looking looking at my bills gives me anxiety. I'm like, okay, well, Mm -hmm. welcome to to America. When Darren looks at the American Express bill, it gives me anxiety. (laughs) That's that's how I relate. I am not. Be like, sorry, girl. Erica says that being married to Tom was great. She was comfortable. But today she ain't doing shit else. She's not even traveling. And she says that when she travels, she doesn't shop anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she says that she does have a sense of pride in buying her own stuff. Um, and But ultimately, it's just, just still a scary place to be in. I think that it was interesting For to sure. see Erica speak from a place of vulnerability and not defensiveness. Yeah. For the last two seasons, Homegirl was just defending herself. So so defensive, yeah. Now she's just coming from a place of, this is how I feel. I think she just feels a little calmer because charges were not, you know, filed against against her and lawsuits were dropped or whatever. So I get it. I started laughing when the girls arrived to the hoedown because Garcelle noticed the whiteness in the room. (laughs) I know. She's like, I've never been in a place like this. And it's very white. She's like all the old men, all the whiteness. And listen, as a Mexican, I have felt that same type of, oh, this is very white in here. I feel as like a white I'm... girl, as a white blonde, I have felt places exactly. are a little too white for a me. A little too so white. So I get like, it. We, yeah. we love the diversity. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sutton is very right to be nervous. Have you ever ridden a mechanical bull? I have not. And I don't plan on doing so. I did my first bull last year. Mm-hmm. And... It was at my cousin's house. So you're already setting me up for some accident because that's not even a professional. <laughs> no, school. it's like the blow up ones that they Ex- yeah, play at parties. Yeah. I I rode the bull. I shockingly was good at riding. Hello, boys. But I when I <laughs> fell off, I still fell off. And it, yeah. like my, my knee hurt for like two weeks. It's like yeah. not even fun. 
and I had to pretend that I wasn't hurt. I had to pretend that I didn't get hurt. And right. Like, you know, if it was a man, I'd be like, oh, you hurt me, you know, just to stroke your <laughs> right. ego. Right, right. But in this case, I had to tell all my cousins that I was fine. It was the worst pain. I'm sure. Yeah. Sutton is very nervous and she wants to chicken out. She said she does not need any of the group's implants flying out. <laughs> um, Kyle tells the manhandler to make her look good. He manhandles her to get on the bull. <laughs> Kyle rides the bull for a solid 25 seconds. I'm not even going to wrote that. I don't know why I wrote that. I'm telling you I'm such a bitch. I don't want to read it's that anymore. true though, probably, but okay. <laughs> anyway, Sutton is up next to ride the bull. And it's a wet blanket to even hop on. When Sutton, uh, I don't know what's going on with Sutton this season, but she has been draining the fun out of. Oh my gosh, like a dementor. She just, like the fun literally exited my body Mm -hmm. watching this scene. It's like, I could could hear the in my head because I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, The girls are clearly lying to Sutton with their encouraging words because (laughs) even they seem over it. You last a solid 14 seconds. Erica says what we are all thinking and says, if Sutton rides a bull how she rides dick, no wonder she is not getting a second date. <laughs> I screamed <laughs> at that point. I was dead. I'm like, fucking Erica. That's so funny. <laughs> Between um, that yes. and last week, how she said that Sutton's a bad lay. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, she is just she, apparently she must have filmed her confessionals after Lent because she is coming for yes. them in the confession. Um, the next day they are getting ready to leave Vegas. Erica and her magic Mike men run into the gals. Erica tells Sutton, this is a great time for you to apologize to the men since you say this show was shitty. <laughs> Sutton said she did not say the show was shitty, that she just did not feel comfortable with the spread ego part. Sutton then gets mad because Erica put words in her mouth. Erica then says, it doesn't matter because Erica says in her confessional that in that moment, God gave her permission to call Sutton out. Because <laughs> they appeared in the elevator. I mean, for listen, some producer. At perhaps. that point, <laughs> I thanked God for his power because it was funny and Sutton deserved it. Yes. And that's that is my yeah. truth. Yes, that is true. Although I do agree with Sutton because it seems to me that Erica was genuinely hoping to embarrass Sutton. Um Yeah, she deserved it. I mean, yeah. She acted a fool. Crunch, crunch. Sutton tells. Erica now they're in a sprinter van a sprinter van anytime they're in a sprinter van now my ass clenches because I'm like you know that it's gonna be it's gonna be some bad shit. yeah Sutton tells Erica she purposely embarrassed her Erica said she heard that Sutton did not have a good time and Erica says that she's just gonna call out Sutton for being angry Dorit asked Sutton what she would have done differently and Kyle says Sutton was unhinged and even Garcelle says Sutton overreacted mm-hmm Sutton, instead of uh, acknowledging the behavior, uh, turns it around and says she's used to being cornered by them and is just upset that the trip is ending like this. I wish somebody would have said, focus, let's focus on what we're talking about, not what's going on right now. Right. Dorit then tries to comfort Sutton and Sutton is literally crying, sobbing. Garcelle says she wishes Dorit had gone after Sutton when she first uh, got a tantrum. Dorit retorts that Garcelle, you know, which is what Garcelle, they're arguing over who would have handled Sutton's Right, who would have handled it tantrum better. better. Who would have handled Sutton's tantrum better. At this point, Sutton said she's done with this conversation. Um, Dory, never one to be at loss for words, keeps talking, and Sutton says silence is golden. 
uh, they get quiet. Dorit still sighs really loud. Like, <laughs> just shut up. No. Like, <laughs> uh, reminding the audience, Sprinter Vans and these housewives do not go together. Nope. We're back in Beverly Hills. Erica meets Garcelle for lunch, for the obligatory vacation debrief lunch that mm. these housewives do. We find out that Dorit even talks in her sleep. Garcelle's, <laughs> which, I mean, seriously. I believe it. Who is shocked by that? Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm sure those are the best conversations she has. <laughs> yes. Um, Garcelle says that Dorit, Dorit speaks way too much, but she doesn't <laughs> listen. They both genuinely seem to bond over how much talking Dorit does. And <laughs> it's hilarious to me that, you know, when somebody annoys you, you can bond over someone else that validates oh, that annoyance. Oh, of course. So. Um, Garcelle says that Dorit being defensive over her feelings upset her. But Garcelle is optimistic about her future with Dorit since even her and Erica are breaking bread. So she knows that she and Dorit will be fine. Garcelle then addresses Erica for calling Sutton out. They both end up agreeing that Sutton's point of view on Magic Mike was just too much. And it hijacked mm -hmm. the moment with her tantrum. Garcelle has a realization that Sutton needs to fight her own battles, which I thought was a great. Uh, Good. I hope she lets her. And then we get to Kyle coming over to Sutton's house. <laughs> Sutton said she's had a very long day. I feel bad for her property manager. I immediately wrote on my notes, Sutton is either really tired or she is not sober because you could just tell that she was off like from her. I don't think she was sober. I yeah, think she was well, tired and not sober. And, yeah. Kyle asked Sutton how long, how Sutton is feeling over Vegas. Sutton says that Erica intentionally embarrassed her. Sutton does this mortifying impression of Erica the showman. Uh, it was so embarrassing to watch. Kyle's face was all of us because I'm just <laughs> staring at her like, oh my God, I don't know yeah. what Sutton thinks she's doing, but it's not landing. No, at all. Um, Kyle tries to talk and Sutton stops her. Kyle is visibly irritated. Mm -hmm. Sutton in her confessional said that she had a revelation after Vegas. She says, Kyle is not my friend. Kyle does not have my back. And Kyle will never have my back. I don't know where. What is wrong with this woman? I really don't know how that revelation came to Kyle or to Sutton yeah. with regards to Kyle. Um, Sutton. I don't understand why Kyle has to blindly defend her just because she's her friend. That's that's bullshit. Exactly. It was a little confusing and irritating. Um, Sutton says that, or I'm sorry, Sutton says that Kyle inserts herself without knowing the whole story Sutton starts telling Kyle to defend your friend referring to Erica um Kyle gets really offended tells Sutton fuck you and Sutton starts she wants specifics of times where Sutton has lost her shit so mm -hmm. Sutton Kyle says you've lost your stuff many times right that's when Sutton just starts to randomly repeat name them name them name them name them name them Name, name, mom. name, mom. name, and I, it would just—I don't know if they repeated it or if production. I don't know. It was very. No, I think she was just doing it every time name Kyle mom. was getting ready name to say mom. something. If I were Kyle, name. I would have strangled her. Exactly. Name, 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 and so Kyle says, "You have to be quiet if you want me to name them." And so Kyle then starts listing all the moments I loved, all the mm -hmm. flashbacks, all the receipts. Yeah. Um, and then Kyle says. You don't seem okay right now, frankly. And I agree with Kyle. Like, that was cringy. She was not sober. There was something off with her um, mm -hmm. completely. So uh, we get it to be continued. I don't know what needs to be continued in that scene, but it, it ends with it to be continued. 
and I yeah. just wanted to throw my phone at my TV so I can make it stop. Yes, yeah, Sutton is making a name for herself as like most unhinged this season. I don't know what her problem is. I don't under, she gets so emotional and so upset over things that are like, I, I couldn't understand the magic mic thing at all. Yeah. I think she was, was just upset because she didn't get picked. Well, cause that's the thing. Like she's pretending that she didn't get upset at not getting picked. And then she, but she had all the ones. The singles. And, she, and she said, she's going to dance with a stripper. So what is it? Exactly. She had all the singles. She wore pants. And mm-hmm. now it's like, um, oh, yeah. clutch my pearls. I'm so offended. Come Ooh. on. Exactly. That's it's nonsense. So ridiculous. All right. Well, let's move on to Miami now, which came yeah. directly after Beverly Hills last night. Uh, so we start off with Gertie crying at the restaurant her and Larsa were having lunch at. And Larsa wonders why she's crying. And Gertie tells Larsa that she has breast cancer. And Larsa wonders how she was supposed to know she had breast cancer and said she did not know she had cancer. And Gertie just wants Larsa to listen to her and to feel safe with her. And Gertie said she has only told Larsa and three other cast members thus far. And Gertie said that Larsa hurt her. And Larsa said she wishes Gertie would have just told her about the breast cancer as soon as she sat down. Gertie starts to explain the next steps in her cancer journey, and she asks Larsa to keep the diagnosis between them. Larsa tells Gertie that she loves her and feels terrible over their tension. And Gertie says, if anyone can beat cancer, it's her. And the conversation ends on a good note since they hug goodbye. And then we get six hours six later. Hours later. This was unbelievable to me. So we see Larsa setting up uh, her man's welcome home party. He was gone for five days. I mean, five days. I mean, listen, I'm not married. Um, But I think if your husband is gone for five days, if he comes back, you're going to be like, fuck, you're back already. Right. Oh, my God. You're back now. I know. I, I, I couldn't understand. So Leslie's, go- Leslie, your sign would have a sign that says like, make a U-turn. No. <laughs> go away. Nobody's <laughs> home. So um, this being six hours later where Gertie had told Larsa not to repeat this, then we get treated to Larsa repeating her diagnosis to some women that are just her friends at the party. Um, the other girls aren't there yet. And then the other women start to arrive at the party. Larsa's man has been gone for five days. And Lisa is also like us wondering who has a party for someone who's only been gone for five days. And it is true that rich people do, I think, because I can't (laughs) imagine doing that. Marisol says that Larsa has a case of the love bug. Yeah, it's kind of like, tell me how you're in like a newer relationship without telling me you're in a newer relationship. (laughs) Tell me you haven't been together for that long. Um, and Kiki arrives at the party and thought Larsa was joking that this was a welcome home party. Larsa is repeating her lunch with Gertie and immediately tells Marisol, Lisa, and Kiki that Gertie has breast cancer. The women are understandably shocked. Uh, and I wonder if they're appalled at the cancer diagnosis or how casually Larsa repeated it. Marisol is very upset at knowing yet another person who has cancer. And Lisa cheers to knowing Gertie will be great. Marisol then proceeds to spill wine on Larsa's $35,000 rug. Um, okay, don't serve don't serve red wine then. Was it red? I think it was red, right? Then don't serve it. I want to know who spent 
$35,000 on a rug. And she has a, a dog. So I can't imagine that. A rug girl. Like I go to rug. like home goods and buy rugs because I have to throw them out all the it's, time. I, that's from the, the dogs. thing. It's like, now you just want to misspend money because 35 on a rug. Even oh. if I could afford to do that, I can't, I wouldn't do it. That's it's like when people buy out of my realm. That's like when people buy really, really, really expensive toilets. Like, you know, you're going to shit in this, right? Oh like, my I God. Don't I don't understand. Do you really the need it. I spilled, I spilled sauce, like a bolognese sauce on my friend's chair. And she had some $11,000 like dining room chairs. She's my ex friend, but not because of that. But oh my God, she went psychotic. That was. Oh, good Lord. Very interesting. So anyway, um, Larsa then repeats Gertie's diagnosis to Alexia, who's just arrived. And the women are all caught up in the gossip, forgetting to yell surprise when Marcus walks in. So Marcus, who I'm just obsessed with, I think he's so funny. I think he gets a kick out of this like nonsense. He mentions Todd's absence at their party a few weeks ago. And Todd says he didn't want to be around the women. He implies that somebody in the group was bad mouthing his stepson three weeks ago. And we find out that, of course, he's referring to Adriana, the one that Lisa always defends. Uh, Kiki wonders if Todd is using Adriana as the scapegoat. And Todd immediately then changes the subject. Uh, Larsa says <laughs> she is raising funds for Make-A-Wish via a charity basketball game. And Alexia wonders if girls wear basketball shorts, too. She is truly the Teresa of Miami. I mean, and he's like the Louie. He's starting to be the Louie. It's so cringy to see their similarities in person. Like, because Alexia, I listen, know. they're both very nice in person. Mm -hmm. They're both very Lovely. approachable, easy to talk to. Mm -hmm. But they say some of the stupidest shit. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. It's really crazy. Um. So Lisa then says she's house hunting is discussing her future with Jody. Um, I think like, I think Todd or not Todd, uh, Marcus had taken everybody, the men to the terrace at this point. And Lisa says she's now trying to start her own business, which is a beauty fragrance and body line. But yesterday I saw she's starting a business that is like a divorce business to help people get divorced. So and amicable divorce line or divorce you know what it's like an oxymoron for most Girl, people to me Sorry, it's like I, I can't so larsa relates to lisa's need to not financially rely on a man since she went through that with scotty and lisa says she immediately gave jody a blown job okay kiki discusses the differences in cut and uncut penises I see the word for me, but I'm just, I'm feeling too, too <gasps> sorry today to use that word. <laughs> Lisa brings it up that it'll be the first anniversary of when Lenny left her. Oh, the memories. I remember oh, they were in the joy. keys or something. Yes. So Lisa says she's now fighting for what she deserves from Lenny and says she's angry. And she rants about her frustrations about her soon to be ex and Marisol tells her to calm down and the girls try to shift her perspective and to stop talking about Lenny. I think Larsa means for Lisa to not talk about Lenny on camera. Lisa says she cries every night and Marisol says Lisa is likely overwhelming her new man with tales of Lisa's old man. And the girls just can't stop her. And like they, she stops and then she's like, wait, one more thing. Like she just, <laughs> she can't. And I wonder what Jody thinks about it, honestly. I mean, he seems very calm and very nice and it's gives so, her advice, but it's, it's got to be a lot. 
it's very cringy to me. I don't like mm-hmm. it, but you know. No, I don't love it either. Yeah. Um, so then we catch up with uh Rich Nicole as they arrive I, at a yacht dealer. I love calling her Rich Nicole now, by the way, or I'm going to call her Rich Nicole okay. because that woman is just she will not skip a beat to just look how rich I am. Like no, I, I know. So I know. Rich. Oh, look, we're looking at this yacht and this yacht. So she currently uh, owns a 56-foot yacht, but they want to upgrade it, okay, because that's not that's not good enough anymore. The first boat is worth $8.8 million. Boat number two is $11.9 million, which feels too bachelory for Rich Nicole. And Anthony says since they're having a second child, they'll want a yacht that will accommodate their new baby. I, I can't relate to that. I never needed a yacht to accommodate my new baby, but okay. I mean, listen. We- the, that baby good for her a baby needs a yacht okay yes they need a, good a yacht. yacht with a proper crib when Apparently. she shot the, when she shot this scene she knew what middle america needed they needed to see her looking for a yacht for her baby yes so then we get into a conversation about nicole trying to get pregnant and anthony says he has great swimmers but nicole wonders if she'll be able to get pregnant but clearly she did. I don't know which, if it was natural, in vitro, whatever. But at BravoCon, she was pregnant. So I'm very happy for them. I'm um, very and they live in my you. neighborhood. So hopefully I'll, I mean, they don't live like on my street. <laughs> I can't afford to live on the street they live on. But they live about I'm gonna need you, I'm five gonna need you minutes to, to the east. Oh, I'll, gonna, I'll definitely go lurk. No, I'm going to need you to be a godmother and be like, hey. I already found the house on a map. I mean, it was very easy because I could tell by like where the house was, just like the communities that are around there. So I just, I poked around on a map and I found it. So anyway, we arrive at a studio with Julia who decides to FaceTime Gertie for a check-in. And Julia tells Gertie that she is trying to learn how to sing opera for her wife, Martina, for an upcoming surprise party. Now that is ambitious. To learn to sing opera at her advanced level in life. Uh, Martina used to listen to opera during cancer treatment. So Julia wants to honor that by singing it. And she reminds Gertie that Martina is a great support and resource for anyone with cancer. Uh, Mr. Mario, the sexy opera teacher, shows up to teach Julia how to sing. And he's surprisingly very patient with her. The entire scene really made me want to throw my laptop at the TV. I got to tell you, she's well-intended, but girl, a singer, you are not. Hire somebody and buy your wife some flowers. I mean, listen, we have to assume positive intent, which it is. Of course. But who just learns to sing opera? Like, I got to have that. And uh, listen, I, I also am not. I like Julia. Let me just say me that. Too. But I'm not really invested in her enough mm-hmm. for like solo scenes at this point. She's been yeah, to care. Her, yeah. This is her third season in a row. And when I get a Julia scene, I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's really not the best. I'm not going to lie. So anyway, Gertie admits that she has a fear of birds, but her theory is that more than five birds being together <laughs> means they're after you. You know, I th- I think sometimes when I see flocks of birds and then I want to look it up to see what it means, but I don't because that's just one more superstition I, that I can't. One, well, one time I walked out of Home Depot and there was like a family of crows on top of my car. <laughs> oh, no. And I'm like, this is why I don't come to Home Depot because <laughs> what the hell? First of all, picture me in Home Depot. That's 
jarring enough, but the fact that there was crows and pop, I literally waited. Like they remember you. I heard they remember you. I don't know if that's true. Why? They remember you? No, I heard, I've heard, listen, we gossip a lot about a lot of shit, but apparently we gossip about birds too, because (laughs) I have heard that if you like attack a crow, they remember you and they pass on that memory to like, now I sound like Gertie, but it's true. That why they're called a murder of crows, like a group of them. I heard they even pass on their bad memories to generations so like their family can get <laughs> like vengeance. Awful. Are birds Italian because they're like the mafia? Okay. Like oh they my will God. never forget. They will come after you. That's, That's why you crazy. don't fuck you don't fuck with the crow. Like a pigeon, I'm not scared of pigeons. Yeah. I don't like yeah. a vulture either. Oh God. No, there was a lot of vultures at BravoCon too. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm more kidding. more than we care to comment on. Mm. Anyway. So Gertie says her surgery is around the corner and her husband has asked her to not cry in an effort to appease the kids. And Russell said that he found a breast cancer resource online um, and shared that he told their kids that Gertie has cancer. Russell reassured their kids and Gertie said she couldn't tell the kids herself and that she wasn't strong enough. And Russell says that Gertie's shit is his shit. And he was really sweet. I've never seen him so animated on camera either so like i really appreciated that ruby sorry ruby agrees she's ruby agrees ruby agrees russell is my man yes and you can really feel how much he loves her in this scene and he says don't worry about me i'm fine i got your back very sweet very sweet very very sweet and he's so um Yes, he's very cute. Uh, and then we're back with tone deaf Lisa, who is venting to Jody about Lenny taking a car away. Does she not have anybody else to complain to? She needs to see a therapist because although he is supportive of her, the new boyfriend, there's going to be a point in time where he's done hearing about this. It's just so embarrassing. Like, I know. you're going to push your man away. That's like girl code 101. Like you don't talk about your... I know. X I mean, she can new- vent oh. about like stuff that's going on with the kids and how she's upset about that. But like to just vent about him still leaving her and the new mistress and the whatever, like enough is enough, I think. Ugh, for real. So um, anyway, Lisa cannot believe all of this is happening. And she says she is treasuring this time with her kids. And she doesn't want her kids to get stressed or worried. She gets emotional in her confessional due to being distracted from parenting, due to fighting with her kids. And Lisa says that Lenny has said his kids will see who Lisa really is one day and they won't like her either. That is so messed up. That is so mean. That's the mother of his kids. You do not play each other like against each other like that. That's just mean. Just that just. You just really want to hurt somebody when you say shit like of that. Of course. And can you imagine the way that, like, he probably talks about her with the girlfriend in front of the kids? Ugh, Awful. No. I think it's so bad. So meanwhile, Nicole says that her son has been asking for a sibling, specifically a sister, because the sister won't want to play with his toys. That was, I thought that was so cute. Um, Nicole and her mom decide to catch up and catch up on Nicole's new home being updated and remodeled. Um, she is expecting a completion date for their new home and she lists all their properties and the shady producer points out that they're actually Anthony's properties and Nicole's mom asks about baby number two. Um, and we love Nicole, but we kind of don't care about this storyline. Like I'm happy for her that she's having a new baby, but let's just get to the point where she has the baby and we'll see the baby and then that's okay. 
or we get yeah. to see her like cutely pregnant or something. Um, Nicole says that financial security should be created by oneself. And she says that if she's ever divorced, she can take care of herself and she won't be single for too long. And I agree because she's so cute. Mm -hmm. um, Martina and Julia meet up for lunch. This was another scene where I was just, I, I was have to say out. I was uninterested. Um, she implies swear. that, yeah, I, it was just not doing it for me, but we'll tell you about it anyway. She implies that Julia hasn't given her any attention and says that Julia failed to recognize the end of Martina's treatment, which was three days ago. Now, I felt bad for Martina at this point because that's a big deal when you finish your treatment. And Julia said, well, maybe I was doing something else for you. And, you know, I guess she was rehearsing for the opera but her time really would have been better spent not doing that um because i don't no. think she's going to get much better uh julia apologizes martina accepts it and then gertie joins them at lunch and martina tells gertie about her cancer treatments and gertie divulges that she has surgery coming up as well as radiation and chemo and martina shares the impacts of the radiation with her and gertie discusses the underrepresentation of black cancer patients and Martina shared that there were no intimacy issues while receiving radiation um, because Gertie asked about that. And then we see Larsa and Marcus and they're discussing the details of the upcoming charity game and how excited they are for raising funds for Make-A-Wish. Larsa says that Adriana will be the dirtiest and Marcus, <laughs> Marcus says that the game will be interesting. Larsa says that things can go south at any time and we get a preview of the Sprinter Band from Hell where we see Adriana and Marisol getting into it yet again and we hear her use the word drunk to describe Marisol. Dun, dun, dun. Now, These girls, man. Let me tell you, so I, I'm sure all of you saw this week the TMZ and Page 6 story about the ladies at the airport fighting. So oh, sure. the ladies were on my flight back from Vegas. So I had right in front of me, Marisol and Steve, and then Alexia. And I think Julia right in front of them. And then Kiki was there somewhere. And Adriana was in the front row of the plane wearing dark glasses and a mask. Like people are going to recognize her. So, so they, they get into an argument at the airport. Like, I mean, it was an uneventful flight, whatever we get there. And of course, in true Miami International Airport fashion, we walk 20 minutes like from the gate to baggage and have to wait another 45 for the baggage to come out. So I feel like maybe they were just irritated or something. But all of a sudden, I'm standing there probably like 10 feet away. And I did not call this into TMZ, by the way. I did not even have I'm enough like, information. Are you the give. source? I know. You know how many people ask me that? I'm like, no, I am not the source. Um, oh they God. probably called it in themselves. Um, no cameras around, whatever. I hear Alexia tell Adriana she's a liar. And she stalks off to go stand with Marisol. And of course, the only person left there with Adriana is Julia. And that was that was the extent of it. I think TMZ is making it out to be a little bit more exciting than it was because I did not hear. The only thing I heard yell was you're a liar. Like I didn't hear anybody else yelling. So, but it's real. I, I, they they I do know, not I, like each other. When I saw the headline, I texted you immediately because I'm like, Oh my God, you were texting me as this mm -hmm. happened. <laughs> yep. Like in real time. I know I was giving you the update at Marisol at the bar and like, I know. And like, for some reason with them, I don't go up to them. I don't know why. Maybe it's because I live here in Miami with them and I will see them out sometimes. So I don't yeah. want to be that annoying, like, 
person like Damn. I am at BravoCon. <laughs> Just be you, You're girl. So pretty. You're so pretty, Alexia. Now, 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 let's not lie to each other. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. All right, guys. Well, that was this week's episode. We recapped four cities for y'all. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate the listeners and new listeners. Yes. Everybody that came up to us at BravoCon was very sweet. And so we sweet. are looking forward to continuing this journey called the podcast we're hitting we're almost hitting our one year anniversary Leslie it's, it's crazy. yeah it's really soon I have to look at the exact date of that but it's very soon so this is exciting you guys thank you for always listening we appreciate and it shout out to Australia hey girl and Sweden, hey. And, Sweden <laughs> and Paris and- <laughs> wide bitch we're worldwide yeah. But yes, we'll be we'll probably be back next week. We need to figure out the Thanksgiving schedule. But in the meantime, right. thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time. Bye. Bye.